Hello and welcome to the Ordinary Church Podcast. This is a podcast about the church and for the church. I'm Connor, I'm here with Mike, and we're excited to be with you today. Uh, we're going to get right into the the topic, and you probably saw it in the title. We're asking the question on the podcast today, are parents today too lenient? Are parents today too lenient? So lots of directions that we can go with this, Mike. Um, kind, of a, kind of a provocative idea in some ways, um, and there's probably lots of lots of things to say. So let me just pass to you. Um, yeah, let me pass it to you with an initial question, Mike. Um, you are a, you're a parent of five and how many grandkids now? Four grandkids, two more on the way two, though. Two more on the way. So, so, you, so six you, grandkids. Yeah. Yeah. I heard six grandkids. Yeah. Cause two have not made their appearance, but they are human beings made in the image of God and God knows them. That's it. That's right. Yeah. And five kids. I heard you say to somebody last night who has little kids, I know what you're going through. And they kind of rolled their eyes and were thinking, yeah, you do. But it's been like, you know, 25 years. Uh, but I say that just to say, you know, whoa, whoa, whoa. Mike's looking at me like I just uh, I'm mess with there. them I'm right now. mess you up right now. <laughs> okay. Is that what they were thinking? Here, here's my question. <laughs> How, just, have you seen anything change generation, generationally, you know, inside of the church or even just more generally mm-hmm. um, from the time when you were raising your kids to, to the, the kind of parenting that you're seeing in an in a average or kind of aggregate sense today? Absolutely. I've seen a lot of changes generationally. Um, it's interesting that I, you know, I've studied this. I really have been a student of this um, my whole Christian life. So from 1982 onward, and I have seen it. But here's what I would give you in terms of perspective. So I first got it from, you know, my parents' generation that basically all, you know, grew up in the, the Great Depression. So they were born like in the early 30s, Right. And so they had a certain kind of parenting style that their parents gave them. And then the people between them and, and me, because my parents had me when they were 27 uh, and they got married young, but they didn't have kids for, you know, a little while. And they had three kids like in quick succession. And, you know, you would say like the kind of parenting I had growing up that I received was uh, strict, uh, firm, but loving. Okay, mm-hmm. like you, you, you didn't wonder if your parents loved you necessarily, but it was more like uh, there was a great respect for your parents' word. This was before cell phones, this was before any computers, right? We're talking 60s and 70s. So I saw that. But then when, when Angela and I, when we got married in 91, we started having kids, you know, and we had five kids over a period of, I guess, 12 years of child you know, birthing, and then we're still <laughs> raising them. You know, we have three that are, that are out of the nest and two that are still there, and well, one's out away in college, but, you know, on our dime. Anyway, <laughs> you know what I'm saying. So, but I've seen so much, so much change and so much difference generationally. But you think about, so how many generations have been? And really, there's always a generation that's current. So usually we say a, a generation's 20 years, but you have to kind of count that more like in 10-year segments for parenting um type changes. They say that most things cycle back around every 20 years, which is absolutely true. Hmm. 15 to 20 years, uh, you see it. And so what you saw, even in the 70s, 60s and 70s, is somewhat permissive when it came to what kids did. Like a lot of people like to say, I, you know, they said, just come come home when the streetlights come on. Right. And your parents didn't know where you were all day long. Yeah. And um, there was no way to contact each other either. Right, okay. Right. Um, there's that. But then there was a stricter um, expectation in most families where there was these moral norms and, and rules that you would have to adhere to. 
that said, then things got a bit, uh, I would say, buddy, buddy. Like a lot of parents in my era, like you don't question your parents and they weren't telling you they loved you every single, you know, hour. Okay. Uh, you know, nowadays people can't say goodbye without saying, I love you. You do it to total strangers sometimes that you just met. And that was not the way it was back in the day. And so people grew up maybe never hearing their parents say, I love you. They would just show you, you know, that kind of thing. And their parents were even stricter than that. Mm -hmm. So there was this shift towards let's be more friends. Okay. Let's be more buddies. Let's be more, you know, let's, let's, um, Let's make sure we, we tell our kids to, to tell us everything on their heart because we felt like we couldn't share certain things. Mm -hmm. And it was very, you know, psychologically bent that way yeah. in, in the sense of my feelings were such, therefore I need to make sure that I get them out. So it's not like anyone was going off any biblical norm, okay? But then generationally what I saw in the, in the Christian community was a, a, a decided shift from uh, strictness to lenience to more lenience, and and what I'm what I what I will say is this: every generation of parents that I have talked, spoken with, and, and heard, they will say, "Well, the 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 newer crop of parents don't realize what it was like for us." Now, again, perspective, but there's so much more um, psychological cause and effect that gets put into the into the into the menu, into the mix, into the into the batter uh, that gets baked in, and it's just we assume some things. I'm reading a book right now. And it's by Andrew Wilson uh, called Remaking the World. It's a really good book by You're Crossway. You're reading that right now? I'm reading that right oh, now. Oh, I want to Have you heard that. that book? Yeah. I, ha I haven't read it. Okay. And, and uh, Crossway just put it out. But it, he, you know, it's, it's interesting. When you hear the, the subtitle, you're like, what? And it's basically how, how seven major uh, things that happened in 1776 affect how, how we do everything today. Hmm. And how we think. Yeah. And he has this acrostic he got from someone else about weirder. We're weirder. And it's those, that's an, each one of those means something. But there's this one place I was, I was listening to. I started reading it, and I started listening to it on Audible and uh, chapter two the other day. And he literally was saying, let me just name like 30 things that, or 50 things that are probably true about you. And he, he goes on. It's astounding. It's like, this is the way you think. This is the way you think. This is the way you think. And he goes, mm. no, look, you could say I don't think this way or that way. He goes, but for the majority of those things, you're like, yeah, you got me. He goes, those in the biblical world or those in 1776 did not think this way. Hmm. This was nothing, nothing like this was on their minds. Yeah. And how much we've been shaped by the world we live in and how much Americans have been shaped by American culture and how that drives what we think is biblical or, or right or whatever. Hmm. And then one hmm. more thought, and then I'll pass it back to you, is this idea of grace-based parenting that was a big deal in kind of the early 2000s. And uh, I, I, my wife and I called it how to teach your kids how to uh, manipulate you because it was, they called it grace-based. But someone, one of our elders said to me once years ago, he goes, you know, grace is not grace if we don't speak the truth. And, and, and it's just letting something go isn't necessarily grace. That might just be over permissiveness or that's a fear to deal with something. And so the idea of someone will say, well, we do grace-based parenting, which basically means hands off the kids. We don't do, we just let them kind of work it out. And it's like, uh, wait, wait a minute, wait a minute. And so I think the, the, the person who's written on parenting the, that I think hits it closest to what I think the biblical model is would be uh, Paul David Tripp, okay? Yeah. And Ted Tripp, yeah. his brother. So I think those two guys... But and the idea of uh, shepherding your child's heart and all that, but even they had some things where you're like, uh, no, not exactly. 
you know, and before yeah. that was Gary Ezzo with Growing Kids God's Way. But now there's so many things. And back then at the time, there were other things. There was a Dr. Sears that was really, really kind of weird in his views, but he was like in the Christian community hmm. kind of thing, but kind of humanistic views. Right. I might get some heat off of that. So just go with what I think I remember. Okay. But yeah, there's just, there's been a lot. I would say to answer, this was a long, long answer to a short question, but yes, things have changed gener generationally. Yeah. 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 No, it's, it's helpful to just kind of set the scene. I don't think I have necessarily a, a great even question to follow up or an exact direction to go, but, um, but yeah, this, this would be a question. Um, I'm just thinking, you know, to some, to some extent, any individual community of believers or a group of churches in a certain nation, they are going to be flavored by the, the culture of the nation, the, you know, the culture of the particular part of the nation that they're in, mm -hmm. the time in history that they're in. Mm -hmm. um, I don't think you know, anyone's advocating for us to you know, abandon the present moment and, and go and you know, live as if it was a different time or, or anything like that. So, yeah, like one thought I would you know, just want to tease out is— do you think that the Bible would suggest one way or the other that it's 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 a better model to have the kind of uh, hyper-involved, um, very relational and affectionate parenting that we see today compared to maybe a more stern and distant parenting of the 1950s? I, I don't know. Is there any? <laughs> I, I, yeah. So some people, Is one of those more, sure. quote, I'm, I have air quotes, more biblical than the other? Yeah, that's a great question. So I, I would say that in, in each of the succeeding generations, they would have made that connection, yes. And I think people today are making that connection that the super-involved, hyper-emotional, you know, connected is way more biblical than it used to be. And I would, I would, you know, we say, we want to tease this out. I'd say, you need to, as a believer, you need to consistently apply uh, the macro truths of Scripture to your micro situation. Okay, and that there, I don't think that there would ever be a moment when someone could say, aha, I hit it exactly. Because mm -hmm. then pride jumps in and then you, you fall off balance. I, you know, let he who thinks he stands take heed lest he fall. Let, let the parent who thinks they're doing it perfectly uh, bow before the almighty sovereign king of the universe and humbly confess their sins yeah. for thinking that they were such a good parent. So I, I would say that a par a parents in, 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 in every time as believers should always be going to the word. I think people think they're going to the word, but they do more psychology or more our own mind rather mm. than the mind of Christ when it comes to it. Like, Look at um, Ephesians 6 or Colossians 3 that speaks directly to parents. Look at Proverbs. Uh, it's much more um, straightforward, and it doesn't fill in all the gaps. You don't have every you know, bit of sinew and, and you know, everything on it, but there's the frame there that leads one to think it's loving and firm. Yeah. It's God-honoring, yeah. loving, and firm, and there's a balance. I've, I've used those two terms a lot in the past. Right. Loving and firm, uh, grace and truth might be another way to put it. Yeah, yeah. yeah I, I, you know, it's a privilege that we have to steward. But it, with the you know advent of technology, even recently with the internet, like if you just went you know on Google and typed in uh, article Christian parenting, mm -hmm. and then you scrolled the list, you could you could be reading for days on end. You know, days and days and days and days. Um, you, you know, you you read the Bible and you have you know Proverbs here and there. You have some words in Ephesians, some words in Colossians, but you're not getting these big treatises on parenting or, you know, so you, there's a wisdom as believers in terms of applying these things. But, um, 
maybe maybe one thing to tease out my just question for you um tell me if you disagree i think it's generally the case that in this generation parents like i like i was just saying are are way more closely involved in their kids lives than maybe the parents of a previous generation um do you, do you agree with that or is that too too generalized <laughs> It's very interesting. Oh my goodness. So because you said, do you agree? I thought, let me see if I could push quickly against it. Push against and it. And yeah. I would say, yeah. I would say way more closely involved now. Uh, yes. And no, I would say way more distracted now. Okay. Because they're on, you know, look, I don't have a lot of patience for guys or gals that have to post everything up every meal every picture of their kids. Like the other day, Monday was National Daughters Day. And I noticed you didn't post up a picture <laughs> of Isla, you know? I didn't. And, and you'll notice I didn't Sorry, post a Isla. picture up of my five kids and my four daughters. Mm-hmm. Uh, that said, I got a hold of all my daughters and said, well, it seems as if it's National Daughters Day. What will they think of next? Well, it turns out that tomorrow is National Sons Day, you know? I'm like, they just, these are made up things, okay? Uh, but I would say way more closely involved parents are way more closely involved in some ways and in some ways not. Okay. They're not teaching their kids a classical education. They're not teaching them Latin. They're not teaching them the Bible. They're not, you know what I'm saying? Just to push back though, <laughs> once, once upon a time, my kid would have turned 12 and I would have sent him off to some school to do that. Dude. You know what I'm saying? If I was well, in you that. Would have, you would <laughs> him a little bit better than that. Yeah, you know? yeah. well, I, 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 I appreciate your pushback and it's a good point. I remember I had friends in high school who were like staggered that my family ate meals together you know they just never did yes, like they, yes. they really never did so you make a good point but so i would my, say my, yeah oh no go well, ahead i would say yeah i would say yes of course the question is parents are way more closely involved now yes of course and then but hold on a second hold on a second you're present and i mean like i i I'll tell the story of michael my son you know when he was really young his birthday was monday so he's like 29 now but when he was probably about six or seven and, you know, he would grab my face and pull it towards him so I could pay attention to him. Mm-hmm. That's going to be true in every age. But the fact that you have all these devices and your kids are jonesing for the device, your daughter, how old is she? Uh, she's 11 months. 11 months. Okay, so this is going to be a weird, you might think this is weird, but she already knows that you and your wife have these electronic devices and she's thinking, mine yeah. Gimme, gimme, gimme. It's true. Okay. Yeah. And why is it that I, I read something the other day, I think from Ireland, and it said, children under 11 should not have electronic devices. I'm thinking, you, you drew the line at 11? This was <laughs> at a church. This is for a church, a church making a standard, like um, some kind of a, you know, standard for their leaders or whatever. And it's like, and by the way, you know, I'm thinking, what? When I was in, when we were in Africa together, you know, that was what was called stewarding, stewarding your socials. Mm-hmm. And we kind of, we got we disappointed some African kids who weren't going to get cell phones after we talked. <laughs> That's right. You know. That's right. And yeah. they were already teenagers, yeah. right? Yeah. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I think she was actually eleven. The one. The <laughs> oh, one person oh, are you you're serious? Thinking of. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Maybe. Maybe not. Oh yeah. Um, so anyway. Yeah. Well, uh, maybe the, maybe the premise is wrong, but I, let's let's just no, bring I don't think it it's a little. Wrong. I don't think you're wrong. I think there's just different facets. Needs to, to be this. nuanced. Yeah. 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 Well. Um, take the generalization for what it is. Let's just bring it a little closer to home. So I'm thinking of parents at Grace Church of Orange. If you're not at Grace and maybe you're at a similar church, you could imagine. I would say, again, aggregate on average, our parents are are really involved, Um, not just at the level of sports and extracurriculars, um, but I think that our parents are, are, you know, engaged. (laughs) Sorry, I'm so distracted. Mike's being silly right now. I think our parents are engaged in their kids' lives. We have a lot of parents who are homeschooling, 
Um, there's a there's a level of involvement that's super high, and yet the title of the podcast, which we're answering in the affirmative, is that parents are actually too lenient. So I can imagine a parent out there who's just trying to be really involved in their kids' lives, and and they're saying, um, man, I feel I feel like I'm trying to be so closely connected. You know, can you help me? understand my leniency how how am i being too lenient mike can i push that to you and <laughs> yes, could yes, you just yes. give us some examples practically what, all, what does this look like first of all whatever he said about me but what did you say i don't know what you're talking about i don't know what you're talking about so here's the deal seriously i was making i was when he was making a comment i was making some you know motions about my my response to it like what i'm going to say next and we we've got to start the video podcast. I'm telling you right now. That would when, have been worthy of the when highlight reel. We're going <laughs> to start the video podcast. Okay. All right. So here's my premise. And again, don't go away from the saying, Mike is so harsh. He's so mean. Let me just remind you of something that you don't know. Okay? I'm gonna tell you something you don't know. When I was younger, I was afraid to say anything like this for fear of people getting upset at me and going, oh, that's harsh. So now maybe I'm a little freer with my ideas. But part of it comes from experience and part of it comes from observation, okay? And part of it, uh, much of it comes from what I'm reading in the Bible. And I'm reading it over and over again, right? And, it, and it's sinking in. And I'm like, so here's how you apply that. So let me say it this way. The number of parents who let their kids run wild on the church premises has greatly increased in 17 years at Grace Church of Orange. 17 years ago, when I became the pastor here, 2006, the kids were more controlled by their parents. So we can say uh, parents are way more closely involved now. I say, yes, of course, and now way more distracted and so distracted, and parents don't let your kids run around unaware, crawling underneath all the chairs, doing this, doing that. That is weird to many of us. There is no standard there. Mm. And it's like, do you let your kids do that in a restaurant? You are probably those people and everyone's looking at you or you don't go to restaurants. But so I would say this, I think some families, and again, we have wonderful families, but there are some families that are too involved in every movement and too lenient with discipline. Isn't that weird? Isn't that weird? Um, they're not, they don't have a firm hand of discipline. Like, for example, uh, Proverbs says, you know, follow after your son diligently with discipline. And you will give him these instructions and you will give them these demonstrative consequences and you will save their soul from hell. Mm. Okay. There are some families I know that are grasping for straws right now. And I've, I'll put it to you this way. I, let me get an example from college. Walk into a, to a room at Long Beach State and there's a professor. Nice socks, by the way. Thanks. Are those those ones? They're the ones. Are those ones. Okay. Yeah, these are a gift from my brothers. Okay. You well, can see my I won't my say socks, who it is. I won't say it. There's a face on there. <laughs> I won't name his name. Okay. 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 I won't say his name. Anyway, um, so here's the thing. When I was in college, walking to Long Beach State, and the professor kind of seemed like, this is early 80s, I'm going to be your best buddy. It's going to be great. It's going to be so easy. And what happened was they had to tighten the screws so tight as, as time went on. And the professors that when I walked in, they said, this class is going to change your life and going to kick your, you know, it's going to kick you. It's going to, it's going to, it's going to stretch you. It's going to, it, you might not get through this. And a bunch of you are going to drop this class after week two. Okay. But right before the deadline. Well, what I found was every time I had a professor like that, they eased up and they became like positively normal mm. where the professors that started like. Uh, you know, hey, it's no big deal, you know, 
And it's like, oh, it was a big deal because they realized they had to give grades. And I think the parent who starts with this, again, they don't even know they're being hyper lenient. They just don't watch their kids. If you're not watching your kids in public at church, what are you doing the rest of the week? You could say, well, this is my one time. Sorry, we don't have fences all around our buildings. So if, if you think they can't run out into the street, you're think, you know, think again. Now, at my former church, early 90s, there were some kids that did, you know, run off into Irvine Center Drive and they had to chase. I mean, one, I guess one story was one kid ran across there and and there was there was orchards there before the golf course. And it was like uh, Connor and I both know what we're talking about. We both came from the same church uh, and it was like, catch me if you can. And the Sunday school teacher had to go and catch <laughs> in the orchard, find the dad. Oh, and then the dad and the Sunday school teacher had to go chase oh. him down in the orchard, you know? Oh, yeah. And it was like out of control, you know? Huh. So I think there's been out of control kids in the history of the, throughout the history of the world. Uh, Eli did not discipline his sons and paid a strict, they paid a strict, uh, high cost for it. And so did he. Okay. So I would say that I'm not saying it's something new, but it's something startlingly, uh, it's getting like, wow, come on people. And so that's why I'm saying it now. And I'm saying it tonight again, I'm, you know, I, I got through 14 of 32 points last week. I'll get hopefully through 15 to 32 tonight, but I ended with the idea of strictness and I'll start with, you know, number 15 tonight, but I'll start by elucidating on number 14 a bit more, you know, and the idea that, um, just because you think it or you read it somewhere doesn't make it good for you or the whole church. Like you do need to be aware of what other people are are thinking and doing and like every Sunday after church there's just kids crawling all over the place and it's like wonderful kids but their parents many times their parents are not watching them at all mm. and that would have never happened at least on my watch or with the the parents I knew that we were all friends we were watching our kids now and and the thing is we were correcting them as appropriate now I'm still I'm the guy that whose kids had with another family at the elephant bar in, remember the elephant bar oh, in Culver? Yeah. yeah. Uh, they had a food fight. Okay, there was a food. They, they called a food fight. And the parents were over on this one table. There were four parents, us and another couple. And then we all had five kids. And let me just say, it wasn't pretty. That was not pretty. But but I marched over there, and so did the other dad. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. we, we, we laid down a law, but, it, was, but we, it got a little out of hand. So I'm, I'm looking. Anyone could look at my family and go, well, you're more lenient than me. I'm not saying this is a strict comp, uh, a strict contest. I'm not saying that at all. Because in the past, some families were too strict. Now, there are some families right now that are way too strict on certain things and way too lenient on others. That might be the best way to put it. It's like we pick and choose, and uh, there's some things that are just like glaring to other people. Yeah. And I think I think Christian families should be more honest with each other, with your close friends. Hmm. Um, another question. Maybe a, it feels a little tangential, but I think it's connected. Um, do you think that, do you think, and I'm thinking, okay, like a, a parent's hearing this and they're going, okay, yeah, I need to be appropriately, you know, firm. I need to bring mm -hmm. discipline. But obviously that's towards, it's a means towards an end, a greater end, you know, mm -hmm. the purpose of discipling your kids. My question was just going to be something like, do you think that parents in general, even just at our church, do they have a, I don't know, a sufficiently kind of uh, big uh, biblical um, kind of, you know, substantial vision of the task that they're called to in terms of the, this, this, the work of discipleship that is meant to be taking place in their own homes. Um, any thoughts about that? Oh yeah. I've got a lot of thoughts about that too. <laughs> I mean, I've spent the last, you know, pretty much 30 years of my life on, on these kind of ideas, did a lot of things with family ministries over the years. And so, yeah, um, much of my time before becoming a senior pastor was family ministry. So yeah. it, some, 
here's the thing. You can't make the, you know, I make some generalizations, but like there's outliers and there's unicorns and everything in between. But some are really dialed into what it means to disciple their kids and still they're too strict or still they're too lenient. Mm. Some are clueless. Um, this idea of means to end to disciple your kids, you know, you think about you want them to come to know Christ, but you can't make them come to know Christ. And a lot of parents feel like I did everything right and it's coming out wrong. Well, wait, who promised you mm-hmm. that they would be believers? Mm-hmm. You know, there's no promise that your kids will be believers. And I, I have found this to be true, and it's true with me as well. Everyone thinks they're right. I mean, no one's walking around going, I'm so wrong, and I'm going to tell everybody how wrong I am. You know, you learn and grow. But I do believe it depends on what you're listening to. Some people just, they pull a book out, and it just becomes everything they cling to, and it's not the book with mm. capital B Bible, right. okay? Right. And so I think... Um, I would call parents more to, if you want to disciple your kids, take the aggregate teaching of the scriptures, know the scriptures yourself. Okay, that's one of the problems. And then teach the scriptures to your kids. You cannot underestimate the aggregate effect of the, of the, the word of God upon a soul and, and, and the strength of, of the word and the power of the word. So I think that is, is huge. Um, but again, everyone thinks they're right on, at, at some level, and so it's hard to... Um, to argue with anybody or to say, you know, you might be going the wrong direction. You know, mm. uh, one of our elders is good at that. He, he asks a question. He says, okay, so tell me how it's going. And they, they say, and, and, and what have you done? They say, and then he says, well, how's that worked out for you? Mm. And he helps people to realize, oh, our plan didn't work out very well. Mm. Maybe you might want to try something different then. Mm-hmm. And then maybe they're more ready to get some advice. That's a good, that's good tact. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, Maybe there's a general just call for any parent to have a humility to hear input and not, you know, be so committed Mm -hmm. to this is the exact way that I'm doing it. I'm thinking of just one positive example. Just, I'm super thankful for the home that I grew up in and for my parents, the the combination of firm and loving that you've been talking about. I, I see that in how I was raised Mm -hmm. and just even a positive thought in terms of where my family's at now. Um, four adult boys now, um, three believers, one not a believer. But I was just going to mention, even in the case of my brother, who's not a believer, um, he's just super respectful, loves loves the family. Now, of course, that's God's sovereignty at work as well. You know, it could have definitely gone a different direction. But I think, I think the re- you know the factor of respect that remains, and and just his love for the family, all these things, that's a product even still of the kind of you know, uh, you know, Bible driven, um, you know, Christ honoring parenting that my parents were were trying to have kind of characterize the home. So mm-hmm. um, I appreciate that. And I just, I think, you know, it, even still to this day with him and all, all the rest of our family, there's just open lines of communication between between the, the siblings, between, you know, all of us and our parents. And my parents really work to cultivate that. And so I'm grateful for their example. Yeah. yeah. But yeah, Mike, yeah. I think we are probably coming towards an end on this one. Is there anything else that we can just, anything you want to mention, kind of a final encouragement for parents or even a challenge? Probably something I said last week, but, you know, you're not alone. You need support. Uh, anything I say or even what Connor says, we're not trying to hammer you, but we are, we want you to think. I, I think, you know, Christian parents should be thinking parents. And I think what happens is we just try whatever is expedient, whatever works. And I, I know it's very easy to just try to get through life. And, and it's like, well, I got to get through this week and next month and, and this season and what have you. And I would say, I, I would peel it back a bit. I'd take a step back and I'd say, look, you need to think long-term. You need to think at the long game and you think long-term faithfulness over a long period of time, mm-hmm. and that it's one step at a time, and that I would say that it's appropriate. Sometimes I do this thing. It's called stop, keep, tune up, start. What am I doing that I should stop doing? 
You can and apply this to your parenting or your marriage or whatever, or your work. What am I doing right now that I should stop doing? What am I doing right now that needs a tune-up? What am I doing right now that is good I need to keep doing? What am I not doing right now that I should start doing? You know, that's just a helpful little quadrant kind of thing, you know, a little kind of a four square kind of thing, and you have it right there, and it's something that helps think it through. Or just think, Lord, give me wisdom, pray, give me wisdom, Lord. I want to be a good parent, but you got to think, and you got to have time to think. Hmm. And you have time to muse upon the scriptures and go, these are young lives that I have been entrusted with. How can I best steward this moment? You know, and so uh, I think anything we're saying here is really aimed at discipling parents so that they can I, disciple their kids. I totally agree. Yeah. You know? yep. And the word and prayer, fellowship, all of that. And I would just say, get, ask for and, and take to heart uh, wise counsel. Hmm. Don't dismiss it right away. Some of the things I've said today, you're going to think, oh, that's just, you don't know. You're out of touch. Oh, no, I am in, in touch. And you could say I'm out of touch, but I'm watching this all the time. And I'm and I, yes, I'm, I, I've got my own warped views of things, and I've got my own sin nature to navigate. So take out the highs and the lows. There's some kernel of truth in the middle. And uh, I have found that as I've sought and taken wise counsel, uh, it has benefited me greatly in child rearing, before we started homeschooling, before my kids got into dating years, I was asking men that I knew and respected to give me advice. And I actually asked them many times to give it to me in writing. And I would take it to heart and I'd read it and reread it. And I would then think, okay, what's the best thing? And Angela and I would talk and here's the here's what we're going to do. And, it, and oftentimes it was something that was a amalgamation of a number of things that thoughts we had thoughts others had given us and i think when you do things like that it's it's possible that there's not as many big blow-ups down the road like you plan out some things you can't guarantee anything here but i think you just with wisdom you ride the moguls as they come mm-hmm. but if your knees are in good shape you know <laughs> like and if you just think yeah. if you've got eyes are up, and if your eyes are up you know and if you're you're thinking it through and, yeah. and if you're if your knees are down if you're praying yeah. Right. Yeah. So, yeah. That's good. That's a good place to end. I think my, my last encouragement would just be, you know, let's just one, not live without hope because Christ is powerful and even mm-hmm. with our weaknesses, he, he does amazing things. Uh, two, we don't want to underestimate the greatness of the task. You know, um, for some of us, the work that we're doing with our kids might be the most direct application of the Great Commission in our lives, you know, discipling yeah. those young people in our house. Yes. And maybe even in some cases, well, you know, the greatest impact that we'll have for the kingdom of Christ is the. Yeah. the kids that come out of our home. So there's just, there's a lot of joy and hope in that. And uh, hopefully that's an encouraging place to end this one. We're, you know, raising kids to be adults someday and to be right. fully uh, formed, not fully formed, but, but, you know, formed and mature uh, disciples of, of Jesus who are going to follow him faithfully. So right. listeners, hope that's an encouragement to you. If you're not a parent, hope there was still some, uh, some goodness that you could glean from this and even have some application for your life. But uh, we're thankful for you and appreciate you. Thanks for uh, listening to the podcast and we'll catch you next week. God bless you and have a great day.